do my devotions, have another coffee, do the crossword, have another coffee, and so on and so on. And if it's a, a special day, I can underline that in the diary, hospital appointment. Go into the doctors, pick up your prescription. Those are the, the special days. But seriously, why do we write lists? It's help our daily routine. Keep things in some sort of order and remind us, which reminded me of the spiritual lists that we might, we might include, such as making sure that we are praying on a regular basis, making sure that we are in God's Word, making sure that we are perhaps delivering tracts, preparing for a ministry, attending services. And that reminded me of a phrase from the passage I just read. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. That is an amazing passage. We know that all things work together for them that love God. I'd like to break down the verse, if you like, into its, its constituent parts. First of all, we know that all things... Now, Paul was very, wasn't wide in his assertion. He does not say, we know that some things, or most things, or lots of things. He said, all things work together for God. From the minutest to the most momentous, from the humblest event to the great crises in our lives. That is from time of trials to the moments of joy. <clears throat> Peter said in his epistle, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We often been told that our trials are great opportunities, <clears throat> but too often we look on them possibly as great obstacles in our lives. It would be inspirational if we could recognize every difficult situation as a time of help and support from our Heavenly Father. He has blessed us so, so many times when we've been down in that valley, when we've been down in a time of despair. J.R. Macduff said, Trust him in the dark. Honor him with unwavering confidence, even in the midst of mystery, mysterious dispensations. And the recompense of such faith will be like the molting of the eagle's plumes that was said to give him them a lease of youth and strength. That last word is so important. And strength. Do we always rely on God in our times of trouble? Do we always use that chorus, take it to the Lord in prayer? Do we always take it to the Lord in prayer? We often forget God's goodness to us. We often take for granted so, so many blessings. And we all say that time and time again. When we are in uh, a time of testimony, it's great when people say, 
I thank the Lord for my salvation. I thank Lord for the, the good things that have happened to me this week. I thank the Lord that there are so many back here who were suffering from COVID a few weeks ago or suffering from other ailments. And it is so important that we do take it to the Lord in prayer. Now, that wasn't always the case with the children of Israel. In Psalm 106, we read, And then believed they his words. They sang his praises. They soon forgot his works. They waited not on his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. At this same time, you see, we read the Moses of Moses that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Sadly, the opposite was true of the children of Israel. They endured only when circumstances were favorable. They largely governed, were governed by things that appeased their senses and placed resting in the, instead of resting in the invisible and eternal God. Here we read that the children believed the, his words, but they only believed when he showed them something. When they were approaching the Red Sea and the Pharaoh's armies were following behind them, their faith wavered. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh. But Moses turned to God. And in that moment, as we know, the seas parted. They went across. The seas came back over the um, Egyptian army. And then suddenly, they were faithful to God again. What a wonderful God we have. He's saved us again. And then they went into the wilderness. Oh, they didn't have water. Oh, they didn't have food. And when it was supplied, yes, he was a wonderful God. So their faith was certainly up and down, up and down. And it's like those that live as intermittent Christians. Some people, and not, nobody here, of course, but some people perhaps are only Christians on a Sunday. Or during times when things are going well, when things are a bit dodgy, that's a lovely word, isn't it? Dodgy. Not quite right. Then perhaps their faith wavers a little. But God wants us more and more to see him in everything and call nothing small if it bears his message to us. The Israelites certainly lived an up and down life because they're a kind of faith. Do you believe God only when circumstances are favorable? Or do you believe when no matter what the circumstances may be? St. Augustine said these words, Faith is to believe what we do not see, and the reward of his faith is, is to see what we believe. Very similar words are repeated in the um, book of Hebrews. We really are required to ensure that our minds are focused on all things, everything in our lives. Even our everyday tasks and activities can be a means of blessing from God. And then it continues. We know that all things work. All things work. Work, that's a word, 
in the physical sense, it's something that for some people is very hard. For some things, people, it's a blight in their lives. I was very fortunate. I enjoyed my work. I enjoyed going to work. In fact, I enjoyed my work so much, I didn't stop until two years ago. But seriously, there's some people, tomorrow now is going to be, oh, Monday. Oh, I've got to go to work, especially after a holiday. I do feel for teachers. <laughs> because six weeks off, and now suddenly they're back into the, into the swing. I remember those days well. <laughs> and I can smile back because they're not doing them anymore. But seriously, for some people, work is, a, is onerous. But we are talking about a different sort of work here. We're talking about spiritual work. How long do we spend working for the Lord? We sometimes forget that He is working, working and working 24-7. All the time. You see, He's been working since the beginning of time. He worked to bring the universe into existence. He worked with Abraham to produce the, the covenant. He worked to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. He worked to take them into the promised land to make sure that they were successful in the promised land. He worked to provide them with judges and kings and so on and so on and so on. Yet at the end of it all, they rejected him. Hosea puts it in this way. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. And called my son out of Egypt. And my people are bent to backslide him from me, though they called him to the Most High. None at all would exalt him. This is possibly one of the most poignant scenes in the Bible. Here, Isaiah imagines God talking to himself, showing sadness of a wayward child, Israel. As a parent would show sadness when their children go astray. And all that work, and they still rejected him. But he's still working today. He's present in ongoing operation. We're encouraged by numerous references in the Bible, such as in Psalms. Sorry, not clear on there. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. And so, the second Psalm should read, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish it thou. Yea, the work of our hands, establish it thou. We have to work at being those Christians that God would have us be. We are encouraged. No, no, we are instructed to be those people who show our light before men who possess those qualities that identify us as being different. Love, joy, patience, time for other people, love for other people, putting other people before ourselves, demonstrating practical love in our lives. 
and to work to have a better knowledge and understanding of the Lord, ensuring that we have a more meaningful relationship with him, and to work at spreading the gospel further and further afield to the lost. You see, in, Matthew, in Matthew's gospel we read, Thus saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Praise ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now that's not someone else. We hope he'll send missionaries. We hope he'll send pastors. No, we are those laborers. We should be going into the the field where the harvest is ripe for plucking. Charles Spurgeon said these words. I, I love some of the, the quotes from Charles Spurgeon. The world does not read the Bible. The world reads Christians. That is an amazing word. It's an impactful word, our statement. The world reads Christians. Time and time again, pastor said to us, we are the only gospel that many people see. Many lost in this, in this horrendous world that we live in. The only gospel that people see. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. Not for ourselves, not for others, but for him. And we know that all things work together for good. Together. God's purpose cannot be thwarted, although we may not see it. One day, everything will, see, will fit into God's perfect plan. This principle is beautifully illustrated um, in the life of Jacob when he really reaped the harvest of his earlier life in the fact that Joseph was gone, Reuben was disgraced, Judah was dishonored, Simeon and Levi had broken his heart, Dinah had been defiled, Simeon was in prison, Rachel was dead, and there was a famine in the the field, in the land. And on top of that, then came the demand from Egypt that his beloved Benjamin should appear before the governor before any further grain would be released. And Jacob wept as he spoke to God. Me have he bereaved of my children. Joseph is not. Simeon is not. And he will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. All these things are against me. He was in the doldrums. But we know what Joseph said right at the end of Genesis. That all things work together for good. And they did. They all work together. And then we know what happened after that. The children of Israel came in to Egypt 
They prospered. They lived there for 400 years. That was because of, in the end, Jacob's faith, his faith in God. Thus, we also must do our utmost to play the part to ensure that all things do work together. They do work together. Jesus exhorted us in his statement on the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your good works. Your good works. When things work together, it can be a beautiful blending. You see, colors on their own, all right, may be a bit bland. I look around now and I see red and yellow and pink, or in navy, but <laughs> you look at sorry, sir. Um, but seriously, they're a bit bland, colors on their own. But when they merge together in fabrics, in the hands of an, an artist, they became, become something amazing. The separate tones and notes of music and even discord, when they all put together, make an amazing symphony or a choral piece. They're all together. Those notes on their own may be meaningless, but put together as something really special, very, very special. And many separate cogs and wheels are required to make uh, an engine work or a machine work. When they put together, they are on their own, they're of very little use. But put together, merged together, they become something really, really special. By merging colors, combining notes, putting together the separate parts of steel and iron, you see the perfect symmetrical, perfect and symmetrical result. Hence, we encourage, encourage the work as part of our Christian family. Hence, we've been likened, our church has been likened to the human body. And many quotes, I could have used many quotes here, but from Corinthians, we read, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. We are all members of one body. And as one body, we are part of an amazing team. Those of us who participated in any team game, I said participated, not participate, in any team game, whether it be rugby, uh, netball, hockey, um, football, will know the importance of a teamsmanship. There were many times when I was um, in the center waiting for that ball to come out and the, the, the scrum did their job, the scrum half did their job, the outside half did their job, inside center, and then I had the ball. And it was my job to make sure the wing had it if we had a strong defense. And therefore, a try could have been scored. And it's the same with any team. And you watch it on television. And then there are times when you say, oh, no, give the ball, give the ball. And they get caught just before the line. But it is 
so important. I'm saying that to emphasize the importance of teamwork, togetherness, that merging together. And we, as a, a team, can get success if we work together. You see, Pastor has mentioned many times the, the occasions when we were attracting in Cardiff. And that wasn't a one-off. That was, uh, I think, about four uh, internationals. I remember one Friday evening, where it was pouring with rain. Uh, we also did attracting outside the um, football stadium. Um, nothing against football, but the, <laughs> the rugby crowd were far more amenable to us giving tracks and they were far less left on the ground than they were at the football stadium. I'm not saying it, but it's important. It was important. We worked together. We, we had a, a prayer meeting, a time of prayer together as a team. There were about 20 of us there, and it was great. I'm one who is a bit nervous about handing tracks out on my own. I've got to be honest. Um, it's not really part of me. And, you know, different people have... Some people are amazing tracked in. But as a team, I didn't worry about it at all. You know, there we were in Cardiff, and the crowds are coming. I know we give out, during that period, tens of thousands of tracts. And hardly one was seen on the floor, which was a real encouragement. We did it as a team. And it's the same when we were in the choir. We are a team up here in the choir. Now, a lot of us won't stand up on our own and sing. And sometimes you might say, well, thank you very much for that. But there are a lot of us who won't stand up and sing, you know, and we are grateful for those that do. But when it's in the choir, we don't mind coming up here because we work as a team. We work to praise the Lord for his glory. And that's why we do these things. Why do you think Jesus sent his disciples out two by two? You know, to give each other that little bit of courage, that strength in each other, that teamwork. Sadly, we, we do take for granted our gift of salvation and redemption that God imparts to us. You see, what once was a burden we bore on our shoulders he took onto his at the cross. And if there's anyone in the, the present congregation or online don't really understand what I'm talking about there, he took on our burden, our sins, everything that we had done wrong in life and offered us redemption, offered us forgiveness, and he offers you forgiveness. That's so important. All you have to do is turn to him. Accept that hand that is outstretched. Accept that offer, that gift that is so amazing. That was why, and many of you may have heard, or perhaps not even understood, the fact that this, this man, Jesus, went to the cross, was crucified, was cruelly treated. He did it for, for you. He did it for me. He did it for everyone. All those who are the worst of sinners, 
Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, everyone, including you. And that's why it's so important that we don't ignore this fact. We don't ignore this offer. We must work together to make these truths known to so many people. It's so, so encouraging, as it was last Wednesday in um, prayer meeting, to hear of people who have had witnessing success. And it's so, so important that we do stand up for our faith, wherever we may be. Sometimes it's difficult. I admire um, youngsters in college and uh, in university and in school who stand on their faith because there, you know, there the enemy is so strong. The peer pressure is amazing. And we have been fortunate and blessed in this church that we've had so many youngsters that we've had in our Sunday school, in our youth group, and then they go on to become mature adults and still walking in the Lord. And that is amazing. Let us never forget, and let us always be careful that we are working for him. I like the reminder in Proverbs. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That sounds a bit harsh. But we must sure, be sure that the team that we are working with is the right team. There are so many occasions, you see, when we think, oh, well, we'll go with them because, you know, we'll be a witness to them. And sometimes, you know, they are far more of a witness to us, the pleasures they're enjoying, the life they are living, the possessions that they have. Let us not be tempted. Yes, it's important that we are working in the world, but that we are not of the world. Recognizing who we are working with, and importantly, why we are working, is so important. Let us not, as we've said so, so many times, be unevenly yoked. And that's not just with partners, that's with friends sometimes, close friends. I don't mean to say we ignore them, no. We're not friends with you anymore because I'm a Christian. I'm not coming to your house anymore. No, no, I'm joking. But seriously, you know, not getting involved with the activities that they might be involved with. And that's so, so important that we stand on our faith, that we are strong in our faith. For, as Paul says, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God which worketh in you. In you. And that's where we get our strength. God works within us. God is there for us. I know we get nervous sometimes to witness, you know, and especially in a group. 
people that are unsaved. It is so, so important when we do stand up and be counted. It's amazing. It really is amazing. The number of people in the world who are searching for something. We're searching for something. Very often they don't know what. And when they see someone who has found that something, when they see someone who is really deep in their faith, finding strength in their faith, then that is impactful. I don't know if that's a word, really. I've used it twice now. (laughs) It really has an impact upon them. It really is something that stands out. We are different. Yes, we are different. And that doesn't mean to say we uh, think of ourselves as better, but we're just different. We have a God that guides our lives, that strengthens us, that we believe in, that gives us that faith that we have. And that's wonderful to have that faith, that inner strength. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. To do his good pleasure. To be about his work at all times. Why? To them that love God. That's why we do it. Because we love God. How do we show that love? And what does it really mean to love God? Sometimes we see that reflected in some verses that we read. In John, 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Sons of God? We can call our God Father. That is very personal. That is very, if you like, family-orientated. And we are family-orientated. We are a family. You know, I praise the Lord for my physical family, but I certainly praise the Lord for my spiritual family. And it is a wonderful family. I, I know that because you feel the, friend of, the hand of friendship and that joy when someone says, I'm praying for you. The text you receive with a, an encouraging word for, from the, the, um, the scriptures. A wonderful family. The fact that we can call our God Father says so much. You see, the Jews refer to God as Elohim, Jehovah, God Most High, Adonai, El Shaddai. But Jesus reveals him as our Father, which art in heaven. Because of the cross, God's love puts us firmly in his family forever. We must be willing to have him as our Father. You see, he invites us, but never compels us. Yes, he created mankind. 
Mankind rejected him. Yes, he sent his, sent his son into the world, but the world rejected him then, and they re many of them reject him now. And that's so, so sad. And many have known him, but now turn their back on him. It is incumbent upon us as members of that amazing family to reflect the love of our Father, our Father, which is in heaven. How much do we do to demonstrate our love for our worldly parents? Or how much did we do to reflect the love to our worldly parents? That was a special bond, wasn't it? For the vast majority of people, it is a very special bond. Because of their love for us, we always ensured or tried to return that love. You see, when I was a youngster, I was tempted to do many things. I thought I shouldn't. Or go many places where I shouldn't. But I always used to think, what would my parents say? No, no correctly. What would my mother say? She would have me strung up if I went there. Seriously. That's how it is with our Father. Our lives should be guided by Him. Always. Not sometimes, always. Guided by Him. How do we show our love for Him? Well, we said that earlier. By living the, the life He would have us live. Often that's easier said than done. But it's important that we never let Him down that we are in his word on a regular basis, that we pray continuously, that we meet with our spiritual family members on a regular basis, that we are about his work at all times because he calls us to do his work. And we should respond, not like Jonah, running away, thinking that he could get away from God the further he traveled. Let us not try to get to Tarshish. But let us make sure that we are going to Nineveh as God instructed us to do. We are precious to him. and he, We should reflect our preciousness of him in the way we behave. But most assuredly, we should be the Christians that we, he would have us be. Christians that he would have us be. And we all and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are blessed to belong to your amazing family. Yes, sometimes we let our worldly parents down and yes sometimes we let our heavenly father down but we pray that you will make us stronger heavenly father give us that inner strength that we need to witness to be the people you would have us be to demonstrate those amazing spiritual gifts that you've given us but most of all let us be the people you would have us be
We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we conclude then by singing our final hymn, which is, Are You Trusting Jesus All Along the Way? Jamie would close us in the word of prayer.